Hello, welcome everyone. I'm Bruce. I'm Greg. And I'm Casey. Together, we will dive into the mysterious world of the hit TV show, Supernatural. Join us as we follow Sam and Dean on some crazy adventures, as we break down episode by episode and have some fun along the way. Today's episode, Season 2, Episode 17, Heart, premiered on March 22nd, 2007, directed by Kim Manners and written by Sarah Campbell. We are Natural, Natural Friends. Friends. We've got our pal Greg, we've got our guy Bruce, they've got their other friend who's pretty cool. We're gonna spend some time with Sam and Dean, we're gonna kill some monsters and break down a scene. Super Natural Friends. Super Natural Friends. Remember, spoilers ahead. So I have a new poll this week. What's the latest? Casey uh, graciously uh, let me know that <laughs> this was a repeat. Um, so throwing this out there really quick. Uh, if anybody has any ideas of what polls to throw on our Twitter, let me know. Um, however, some interesting results. So two questions, two different times. Um, last time it was if season one, Sam and Dean were to arm wrestle, who would win? Dean won in a landslide. However, season two, Sam and Dean decide to arm wrestle. Who wins? And Sam wins this one. Oh. Yeah. It's because these biceps we saw in this episode. That's it. <laughs> Listened so much. <laughs> I don't know. I feel like I have to do it next season and just see what the tiebreaker is at this point. I, I can't remember what this movie is. But I have a vague remembrance of watching this like 80s style. Um, I want to it's, it's almost like a martial arts movie, but it was arm wrestling. Is that a movie that you guys know, too? Like it was like professional arm wrestling. That sounds like a fever dream. Bruce. No, this is sounding familiar to me. I, I, it, I don't know. And I just remember it being really exciting. But thinking back, like. It shouldn't have been, but this Pretty is what nice. I want to see from Sam and Dean. I need an arena and them in the middle. <laughs> I need to find out what this movie is. Arm wrestling movie. Over the top. It also has uh, Sylvester Stallone in it, so that's a thing. <laughs> that sounds about right. <laughs> this week on Supernatural, Sam and Dean are on the hunt for a werewolf, but they're conflicted when Sam develops a crush on her. We're back on the West Coast. Oh, yeah. It's real close to me. It's like an hour north. In this opening scene, I thought she was the boss. Was she? She was nope. his assistant. Okay, so the way that it was portrayed, I don't know, in my mind, which I feel better about, uh, <laughs> she was like the boss and like her employee was being inappropriate, so she handled it well. Um, the other way is creepy. It's very creepy. But they just laugh it off. <laughs> so. It happens every day that ends with why. <laughs> Oof. Then the Winter Soldier showed up. I threw out the same <laughs> note. <laughs> yeah, it was really cool to just see Bucky just, I don't know, having fun in a bar. Good for him. Sitting in a dark corner. Are we saying that he looks like him a lot or are we saying it is him? I don't know. I really don't. Uh, no, it, it looks I'm, like him. It looks like him a lot. Okay. I do like the theory that throughout time, he decided to sit in that bar. 
Well, I meant the actor. No, it is not Sebastian Stan, but specifically uh, Bucky in Civil War when he's in, I don't know, probably that same jacket with that same <laughs> hair length. He was just a bad dude, huh? I thought there was going to be a twist in where he was like trying to prevent stuff from happening, but nope, he's just no, a crazy yeah. stalker. He's just an abusive stalking boyfriend. So then Maddie heads outside into a parking lot. And Bruce, were you worried at all that she was going to die in this parking lot like everyone else we have seen venture into a parking lot? It's exactly what I thought was going to happen because you go into an empty parking lot, you die. It's just supernatural rules. Subverting expectations. That's right. We do get a jump scare, but it's just a dog eating some trash. Which is still kind of weird. Like, dogs, like, put me on edge sometimes. Just dogs I don't know. So I think I'd still be a little bit nervous about this random (laughs) dog, like, in the parking lot. During the scene, I noticed that uh, there was no music playing. So I figured that meant that something interesting with the music was going to happen. So whenever Maddie drives away and Bucky pops into the shot again... He gets like his own theme right there, which I was hoping was going to con- like continue for him throughout the episode. But uh, I, it also reminded me of Bucky because, you know, how Bucky and Winter Soldier has that like shrilly theme whenever he pops on screen. Yeah, um, I, I recommend you go back in to the episode and check out that beginning because it is also very much like a stinger. I like to think that this was uh, some inspiration for the MCU. She goes to work the next day and everything's completely fine until she finds a body, uh, specifically creepy Nate's body, mutilated on his desk. Which means he really did have to go in late that night or just didn't want to go home. I'm trying to picture the scenario in which he makes up a reason for her to go to the office, but then also goes to the office. These scenes always make me, uh, I don't know, I think, oh, I overthink them, absolutely, because if Somebody walks into their boss just mutilated like that, just like hand dripping with blood. Like there's so much trauma at that point. And I just it's so weird to me that like the next day she's like, I'm very put together because she is. She needs some days off or something. I (laughs) I mean, so we spend like, I don't know, three days with her after this and not one of them is spent at work. So I think Mm -hmm. she actually got some time off. There you go. They also probably have to clean up that office. And I mean, she, oh, no. she doesn't really have a boss at this point either. So does she even have a job? Well, by the end of the episode, no. Oh. <laughs> Someone with the coroner, and Detective Sam is there, and um, the doctor tells him that she thinks it was a wolf, uh, possibly a pit bull, and that Tim confirms with her that the uh, man's heart was missing. During this part, I was like, how do these guys not get reported more often? Because Sydney is like, does it have a heart? She's like, no. Like, that's like, she's got to be going, like, once he leaves, like, calling somebody. <laughs> this guy <laughs> might have something to do with it. <laughs> you might want to at least check on it. <laughs> then we get our little exposition dump from Sam and Dean that uh, there's been murders every week leading up to a full moon. Um, and... Dean loves werewolves. He's so excited. I was glad at some point during this, they mentioned that they saw one when they were kids because initially I was like, Oh, so vampires are ridiculous, but werewolves, nah, that's normal. And okay. So I was like, okay, they've seen it before. They know it's real. <laughs> I'll take it. But yeah, it was a lot of fun watching Dean fanboy. 
Um, do you guys want to hear anything about werewolves? Yeah. So excited. So in folklore, a werewolf, or sometimes called a uh, lycanthrope, is a human with the ability to shapeshift into a wolf, either purposely or after being placed under a curse or affliction. And typically the transformation occurs on the night of a full moon. There's been a lot of folklore, especially in Europe, around werewolves. There was actually kind of like werewolf hunts around the same time as the witch hunts. Have you guys ever heard of a man by the name of Peter Stump? No. Peter Stump is also known as the werewolf farmer of Bedburg. Is he a werewolf that farms or does he farm werewolves? Well, Greg... Peter Stump was a prosperous farmer who lived just outside Bedburg, a small city in Germany's Rhineland in the 16th century, then part of the rickety Holy Roman Empire. It was a time of upheaval with Protestants fighting Catholics and a whole lot of power struggles by various minor princes and other such royal riffraff. The area where Stump lived had most recently been devastated due to the Cologne War, also known as the Sewer War. It was at this time that the townspeople began turning up dead. There were whisperings of a wolf-like creature roaming the countryside, killing both humans and livestock. The creature was described as greedy, strong and mighty, with eyes great and large, which in the night sparkled like unto brands of fire, a mouth great and wide, with most sharp and cruel teeth, a huge body, and mighty paws. People were soon traveling from town to town only in large, heavily armed bands. Travelers would sometimes stumble on victims' remains in the fields, raising the level of terror even higher. When a child would go missing, the parents would immediately assume all was lost and that the wolf had taken another victim. Although every effort was made to try and kill the creature, it eluded capture for several years until 1589 when a group of men tracking the wolf with their hounds encircled it. When they moved in for the kill, the wolf was nowhere to be seen. They had instead found Stump. There seems to be some confusion as to whether they actually saw him transform back from being a wolf, or if he just happened to be traveling through the woods at this inopportune moment. Either way, under the threat of torture, he confessed to the murders of 13 children, two pregnant women, and one man. But that was just the start of it. According to an anonymous pamphlet that circulated in London the next year, he told his captors that at age 12 he made a pact with the devil with the Prince of Lies getting his soul in exchange for numerous worldly pleasures. But this wasn't enough to satisfy Stump, who was a wicked fiend pleased with the desire of wrong and destruction, and inclined to blood and cruelty. So the devil gave him a magic belt that turned the farmer into a killing machine in the form of a wolf. Thusly attired, Stump went on a spree, taking pleasure in the shedding of blood, eating unborn children as well as killing and eating his own son born out of an incestuous relationship with his daughter. He allegedly took a she-demon as a mistress, along with a good Christian woman he seduced, and generally committed murder and mayhem on a grand scale. For Stump's alleged crimes, he was ordered to have his body laid on a wheel and with red-hot burning pincers in ten places to have the flesh pulled off from the bones. After that, his legs and arms to be broken with a wooden axe or hatchet, Afterward, to have his head struck from his body, then to have his carcass burned to ashes. Yikes. So I was a big fan of Dean geeking out about werewolves, but I wasn't a big fan of him telling Sam how to kill one. I was very upset about that. 
Well, Greg, it was so that we would know how to kill one. That was dumb. <laughs> he was just so excited about it that he wanted to just talk about it. That's huh? all. See, the silver bullet. This is how you kill him. You shoot him in the heart with this thing. <laughs> I know. I was there. <laughs> so the boys decide the best action would then be to go talk to Maddie, since she saw the victim, and um, introduce themselves as Detectives Landis and Dante. Is that a reference that you guys got? Nope. So John Landis is the director of An American Werewolf in London, and Joe Dante is the director of The Howling. Both are classic werewolf movies. Oh, that's fun. Speaking of directors, I was not a fan of the directing in this episode. Kim Manners, huh? Was it Kim Manners? Yeah. He's a veteran, too. I haven't noticed, because I've heard the name a lot. You read it a lot. I'm sure he's directed a bunch of episodes. But this episode made me really notice the camera and really notice the camera work to, because a lot of it was like unnecessary. So in the scene where they talk to Maddie, she's like, have a seat. And then they have this really awkward walk to the table and the camera like pans down in a fancy way. And it was just extra noticeable, and I, I wasn't a fan. I didn't have this issue, Bruce. I, I, I don't think I've ever been like, oh, this camera angle is weird. <laughs> like, <this> is- <laughs> just, okay. I, have, I, don't, I, I don't watch TV that well um, in that, I guess, way. <laughs> but this whole episode had a weird style to it, so I'll, I can give that to you. Like, it was just kind of, it felt a little meh, different. Mm-hmm. I mean, and that's possibly what I picked up. Like, okay, so this camera work is a little <laughs> weird. So, <laughs> so while the boys are there at Maddie's place, they get introduced to her weird neighbor Glenn, who just has an overall creepy vibe. Uh, she's very unfortunate with the men who she is surrounded by. Indeed, Maddie fills the boys in about her ex, Kurt Muller, um, who's been stalking her and actually got into a fight previously with her boss. So they decided it's time to go investigate him, which if they had just waited like a couple minutes longer, they could have been there whenever he he was outside of her window. (laughs) Yeah, I get that this is a real thing, but uh, that was a creepy scene. The boys head over to Kurt's place and uh, they're they're looking around. Then we get a POV of the werewolf, which was kind of fun. I think they heard a noise outside, which they went. Dean went to check out and found claw marks down the wall. And then the werewolf decides it's a great idea to become a cop killer. Pretty unnecessary. Right? Like, just hide. <laughs> yeah. Oh, cop. Go <laughs> this way. I thought it was along the lines of, like, the um, like the dog metaphor for again, where it was, like, it was hiding, it was hiding until it got into, like, a backed in area kind of thing where it was like that animal instinct mm. of like, okay, now I have to kill this person. Right. Okay. That's right. He was by the dumpster. Yeah. So do you guys think that cops investigate every like chain link fence noise they Strange hear? Noise. Yeah. <laughs> um, no, I noticed with this scene, like we don't, I say we just in general, I feel like the beat cops are hardly a thing in the first place anymore, <laughs> but who knows? <laughs> I don't live in an actual city. (laughs) 
Yeah, I thought for a second that he was actually noticed them up in the balcony. Like, I thought that's what was <laughs> happening. Like, he was like, why are you in this person's house? <laughs> for a second, I thought, oh, they're going to get caught. Nope. Just so much of his day spent checking out <laughs> noises of chain link fences and bottles being dropped. He's probably so excited when he actually found something. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> so the boys naturally think that Kurt is the werewolf after this, and um, they rush back to Madison to try to protect her. And while they're there, they decide the best course of action is for one of them to stay with her and one to go after Kurt. And they make the decision of who by playing rock, paper, scissors incorrectly. They shoot on three. They shoot on three. Lame. They also weren't going to play two out of three. They had to specify. You you always play two out of three. Always. So let's say theoretically you guys were sitting at a uh, the table of someone who you just met. And they poured their underwear all over it. Uh, would that make you as uncomfortable as it made our pal Sam? <laughs> it did make me uncomfortable. I got second hair, secondhand embarrassment oh, okay. from this. <laughs> now, I feel like I would have taken the joke, like laughed and moved to the couch. Like he he moved to the couch and he seemed to get the hint, but he was very uncomfortable with mm-hmm. it. I, I feel like I would have just laughed it off and moved. It was just the whole thing was uncomfortable. He's so awkward. <laughs> when did Sam get so bad at flirting? I thought they were pushing out the fact that like Jess was dead, but like I think they were just making him awkward. There was shoot, what was her name? Uh back in Providences. Yeah. I wanted to say Sarah, but I'm not Sarah. sure. Sarah, yeah, yeah. Right. No, that's right, that's right, that's right. Okay. Um he he did get a little bit of awkwardness with Sarah. Maybe Sam's just like a really awkward flirter. He he was off the charts on both ends of Sarah because he was like super <laughs> suave sometimes and then really awkward other times. Yeah. But this this was just all awkward. I did like the transition, though, of awkward Sam into comfortable Sam, all thanks to them watching some daytime television together. And that feels pretty realistic, doesn't it? Yeah. He got really into that show. Kendall married Ethan's father just to get back at him. <laughs> what a bitch. <laughs> Um, so during this time with Maddie, Sam discovered that uh, she got mugged and uh, it changed her life. And that's what helped her find the confidence to break up with Kurt. I don't know. I don't know <laughs> this sort of psychology, but that, is that a thing? Is it almost like a near-death experience kind of thing? Might be. As well. Like, a, uh, obviously a toned down version, but it's just like my life could, you know, be a lot. It could end quickly or it could you know, get dramatically worse quickly. So I have to make the most of it. I mean, is it a, even a toned down version? I mean, like later we find out this guy bit her on the back of the neck. <laughs> That's yeah. true. Okay. I, I, yeah. She could have died. <laughs> Maddie decides it's time to go to bed. And um, Sam is gonna, you know, just stay up on the couch, keep an eye on things. While Dean heads back to Kurt's place, see something break in only to see Maddie. It's the werewolf. The rest of this episode could have been prevented if Dean just did his job. Instead of being blindsided by the werewolf, he fully expected to be there. (laughs) Like, it was a different scenario. I know. You thought it was so-and-so, but it was so-and-so over so-and-so. Shooter. (laughs) This one definitely made me... Like, I knew this was going to happen by the time we got to this. Um, Specifically, when Sam 
what was the word uh that she is what was it unique yeah yeah she's impressive in a unique way or she's unique in an impressive way once he said that i was like oh because i knew like it wasn't the you know the obvious one because we want to think it's you know the creepy guy or we want to think it's the weird neighbor or you know so i was like oh they're gonna do the whole this is not who we expect i don't know I don't know if it felt good about it. It felt weird. It felt dirty. <laughs> um, like it, I didn't think about this at all during the episode, but in hindsight, like I kind of pulled the same trick two episodes in a row. Last week, it was she was a ghost the whole time, and this time, this week, it was she was a werewolf the whole time. Yep. Sometimes you you don't have to have a twist. I will say, like, more important than the twist is the all the conflict that comes after it. Like, you know, two thirds of the episode is, oh, what are we going to do about this? Um, so I'm okay with it on that front, but I like twists to be used very sparingly. And like you said, we just had two in a row. So Maddie ends up knocking Dean unconscious and running away. But then Dean wakes up, gives Sam a ring and lets him know that Maddie's the wolf. And um, fortunately, he got a cut on her arm, which will let Sam know that he's right. Sam looked like a real crazy person. (laughs) (laughs) Standing outside her bedroom. Well, ended up tying her to a chair and Uh saying, I know what you did. (laughs) This felt a little uh, out of character for me um, as far as like the immediate like, oh, you're evil. Because like in the past, he's been very generous as far as like people go and like evil things because he's really trying to get past that. And this, this whole, like I had to have her tied down because she could like, it's a werewolf. <laughs> like you, you know how this works. <laughs> Sun's out, Sam. <laughs> but I also think they like, they don't have an understanding of how this works. So to me, it seems like they think that werewolves are similar to vampires in that like they completely understand what they are, but we see that that's not really the case, at least with Maddie and Glenn. They didn't really know what was happening to them. So they go, they tie to her chair with the assumption that she knows she's evil and she's been tricking them. But that's not actually the case. I don't know. I think I just could have used a little bit more like questioning from Sam in that. Like, I don't know. I guess yeah. he did it finally when Dean came in. Like, I guess he saved face in front of her. So, first, like you said, Sam ties her to a chair, starts yelling at her, thinks she knows what's going on. She's denying it the whole time. Dean shows up. Dean wants to kill her. Sam wants to help her. And uh, Sam comes up with the idea uh, um, that he remembers their dad had a theory for a cure, which was to kill the one that bit her and sever the bloodline. That's a theory. <laughs> I, fe- I feel like, I don't know, it seems like there should have been concrete evidence against this before they tried it that they would have just been ignoring because bobby knew he said of course that doesn't work yeah if they had called bobby before it probably would have helped (laughs) but uh, they didn't have an outdated edition of the journal (laughs) i want to know what their childhood werewolf experience was like did they just kill a werewolf as a werewolf and no fuss no muss or was it a werewolf that was aware it was a werewolf and so it was evil either way? 
Or has this been an issue with every single werewolf and they're the first <laughs> ones to realize it? So they decide to go try to break the bloodline. And I immediately, and they eventually kind of address us down the road, but I immediately started thinking like, why is it okay to kill this person versus <laughs> her? Like, why is she more important than this person that we're going to go kill instead? I, I think at this point, we're still going on the assumption that normally they're aware and purposely doing this type of thing. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. We get the reveal that um, Maddie's mugging was actually only one month ago, meaning that this week has been her first series of transformations. So it would not, it's not at all surprising that she doesn't really understand what's happening yet. Yeah. But if there's someone out there who turned her, then they probably have an idea. I mean, it turns out they don't, but like, I understand the assumption that Maddie's case is unique to other werewolves. All I'm saying is they probably should have figured out who bit this guy before they killed him. <laughs> yeah. Keep going back the line. <laughs> While Dean's gone, uh, Sam's staying with Maddie and she ends up turning, growing those fingernails, getting those fangs and those blue eyes. Not a great look for the werewolves, which, uh, Sarah Gamble has also admitted that they're not that interesting. They probably messed up, but <laughs> it's okay. I love Sam's tactic. Get her in the closet and just trap her in there. <laughs> and Dean, of course, ends up being a fantastic hunter. Finds his werewolf. Shoots him before he can kill the nice lady. And it turns out that it's Glenn, the creepy neighbor. And he doesn't understand what's happening. I'm so scared. That would be awful. Just wake up with three gunshot wounds in your chest. What's happening? <laughs> yeah, like like I said before, I was glad they did this because it was kind of like one of those things. Like, uh, okay, there, there, you know, there's some repercussions to just killing random creatures. Yeah. it was kind of cool to watch Dean in this though, because like I think they showed him like casually, like him standing, like beside a wall or something like mm-hmm. that. So he was kind of, it was, like you said, in hunter mode. And it was kind of neat to see this. We transition to the morning time. And Sam lets Maddie out of the closet, which she can see that she uh, wrecked up pretty bad. So she starts to understand that the boys are actually telling the truth here. Which causes her to find the boys inside the Impala and let them know that that car is not, it's it's a bit conspicuous for a stakeout. Finally, someone says it. (laughs) Thank you. We've only been talking about this for two seasons. Yeah, I'm glad this was very straightforward. She handled it like I think most people would. Of like, why don't you guys come on up then? Because we're just going to wait this out. Before she... Well, actually, probably at this point, I ha- like checked the time and was surprised that there was so much time left in, left in this episode. This felt like the end. Them sitting in the car, them talking about what happened... And then even her coming up and talking about, you know, I felt like they could have faded away and this would have been the end of the episode. So continuing on from this point felt a little weird to me because there's a lot more that happened. (laughs) (laughs) The boys go up to uh, just make sure she doesn't change. And she doesn't. They make it through the whole night playing some poker, apparently. Um, And once they get through it, okay, um, they decide it's time for uh, a little uh, morning time delight. I thought this little montage was hilarious because it, Dean sets his gun down and he's like no no you guys talk 
and they weren't talking already and then continued to not talk. So that entire scene was nobody talking. Uh-huh. <laughs> so awkward. Does this classify as Stockholm Syndrome? See, does it classify as Stockholm Syndrome when you don't just agree with your captors because they're your captors? You agree with them because they're right. Is there a <laughs> distinction there? <laughs> They should be holding you hostage. <laughs> you know what? <laughs> yeah. I deserve this. <laughs> but either way, it leads us to Sam Winchester's first sex scene. Hey. So, still to this day, I'm the person that looks at my phone, has to go to the bathroom, something during the scene. <laughs> I was, I am 32 years old. And still super uncomfortable throughout uh, this. <laughs> now, Bruce, were you watching alone? Uh, yeah. Okay. yeah. <laughs> cool, cool, cool. <laughs> Interesting. Everything was so sweaty. Yes, they were, they were very sweaty. Um, Sam's a very passionate lover. <laughs> <laughs> he, like, worked out before this to make sure that his muscles were, like, extra, like... <laughs> Yeah. She went to the bathroom real quick. He did some push-ups. Yeah, absolutely. <sighs> to get a good pump going. <laughs> this felt like a scene where somebody was like, well, Dean got one. And Sam just had to have his. The older I get, the more I feel that way, where it's, I'm not embarrassed or need to leave the room, but anytime, especially in books where it's very descriptive, I'm just like, you could have just said they had sex that night and I would not have missed anything. Like, as far as the story goes, like, it doesn't matter. See, you have to you have to build up the passion so you can understand mm. how much it hurts him later. That's true. That's true. This was okay. a lot of passion. Yeah. Because at that point, if they didn't, it was just an awkward relationship. We needed this. Yeah. Can I just kiss, we though? <laughs> Yeah, they could kiss and then wake up in no, bed together. because then we would say, Sam, you guys kissed once. What's the big deal? <laughs> uh, that's, you're right. We're never happy is what we're saying. But Sam awakens to find that uh, Maddie has turned once again and she hops her way out the window. It seemed unnecessary for her to still be there. Like... He could have just woke up alone and put two and two together, but it really drive home that he saw her be a werewolf. I wonder if it was partially like they didn't want to write a scene where Sam missed her leaving. Like he couldn't be aware of the fact that she was leaving as a hunter couldn't be. with his awareness. Yeah. Him missing. Yeah. Like, he missed her getting out of bed, though. Yeah, he missed that. <laughs> but I mean, she had to have just gotten out of bed because she was still out the window. Yeah. <laughs> I do picture her just standing at the window for seven minutes just as a werewolf <laughs> staring back in. So Sam, I guess, runs to the hotel that Dean's staying at and yeah. uh, fills him in on what's going on. They find out from Bobby that, haha, uh, your method doesn't work, you idiots. So I was calling first, I think, at this yeah. point. <laughs> just pretend that he is dad's journal. <laughs> With that, Bobby also has no ideas for how to cure someone. But thankfully, Maddie calls up Sam and tells the boys where to find her so that they can come pick her up. The boys get Maddie back to the apartment, and Dean tells her that, just straight up, which is very kind of Dean, um, that there is no cure. 
and there's there's nothing they can do. So at this point, I was thinking, if we told everybody that werewolves exist, like everybody, just, you know, <laughs> get a whole, you know, we could set up a system. A PSA. We'll, we'll use the jail system. We, they go into their places at night, come back. It, it's perfect. One Once a month, they, we could, they could have very happy lives. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> we could even throw a, like a deer in there or something like that. <laughs> <laughs> Hashtag free the uh, wolves. <laughs> Dean knows what needs to be done. Maddie knows what needs to be done. She accepts it and she tells Sam that she wants him to be the one that uh kills her. Is this a TV trope? This feel at this point, Greg? Probably. Like if I look that like up, you have like, to be the one. Yeah. That's probably a trope. I'll look it up later. So Sam and Dean walk away and Dean volunteers to be the one to do it, but Sam knows it has to be him. I thought he wasn't going to for a second, which I guess is what the purpose of that scene was. But I was like, that'd be a weird way to end this. And then, oh boy, those tears. Are we talking, which, who's, Sa- who's Sam's tears? tears. Engine? Um, so those are real tears, uh, which were summoned by Jared thinking about the dogs that he had to euthanize as a child. I'm sorry, that's so funny because I was going to complain about how they stole the ending to Old Yeller. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, man. Yeah, so those were real emotions that caused those tears. Do you think they told Maddie as well because she was crying down her neck? I don't know if you guys saw that. (laughs) It was. (laughs) Oh, I'm not sure about that, but he did tell Jensen, which... um, actually caused his also real tear um because he it made him so upset seeing his friend actually cry over real memories oh yeah it was a very happy moment on set yeah there was a lot of joy happening here um and all that leads to uh what i personally thought was a fantastic ending of like you get this welling music playing over these two gentlemen crying. Um, you get Dean's single perfect tear and then a gunshot to silence. That was a very good ending for this episode. That's how it should have ended. And that's how it did end. Yeah. Mm-hmm. No lighthearted car ride after this one. boys. No. Yeah. We talked about it a ton of times before. Um, how there's always some way that these boys get out of these moral dilemmas of actually killing someone. Uh, but not this time. Do you think Dean was like just a little disappointed that he didn't get to do it? (laughs) That's what the tear was for. (laughs) (laughs) I think the reason it was so powerful, um, was the, like the, the metaphor that they were creating, like of the, you know, Sam having to be put down. That's a weird phrase. Um, <laughs> Sam having to be killed, possibly, you know, and <laughs> Dean having having to do it. Reviews? Reviews. Reviews. I give this episode seven old yellers out of ten. <laughs> uh, I like the concept a lot. And it's like you said, Casey, like um, sometimes... They'll have a really cool concept that the setup is a little wonky, but then the it's the rest of it's great. Um, as far as Sam's love interests go, not nearly as bad as Lori. 
But uh, any one episode love interests that aren't like Dean's style of one night stands just feels rushed. There's no way to avoid that. If they're not going to go more than one episode, it's going to feel rushed to me and that's going to take away points. Um, and as a result, a lot of the drama felt really over the top until towards the end, the boys crying and whatnot. Great. It was perfect. But, uh, before that, I don't know at what point it, it feels justified, but because of the rushed love interest, a lot of it feels over the top, but Jared's acting is beautiful and showcased really well. So seven old yellers out of 10. I'm going to agree with you on this one. Uh, seven out of 10 sexy lady werewolves. Like I commented before, there was that moment where I thought the episode was over. Um, and then it continued. Um, so I think that kind of messed with it for me because it felt almost like two different episodes. The love interest was a little weird. Um, I agree with you, Greg. Uh, I, I think it's along the lines of just like time spent with each other. He liked her a lot, but did, was he in love with her? Was there that gigantic emotional attachment? I, I, I wouldn't think that that exists. I think purely it's just new love at that point. Um, so like the death of her is an issue, but it, it didn't really, to me, feel like it should have been that big of a <laughs> deal. I agree, Bruce, but it does sound. Yeah. <laughs> My words are sometimes weird. Um, <laughs> we continue talking. Uh, but it makes up for it um, at the end. That, that that final scene is really good and, and kind of uh, gives us, uh, I don't know, uh, the emotional climax to that episode. No pun intended. <laughs> Cut that. <laughs> Please. <laughs> Seven out of ten sexy lady werewolves. Okay, Bruce, I want you to picture a uh, a uh, passionate night you spent in the year, I don't know, 2010, um, uh, with uh, the woman who is now your wife. <laughs> um, <laughs> um, so picture after that passionate night, um, the next day you had to shoot her in the heart. <laughs> Would, would that upset you? All at I'm all? saying is we weren't married yet. Stick to your guns, Bruce. Yeah, yeah. See. <laughs> so I gave this episode eight single tears out of ten. I think like the three of us are pretty much in agreement on the episode itself. I th- the only difference being that I didn't have an issue with the anything with the relationship, which got it to an eight for me. I think the rest of it we're in agreement on. The werewolf itself wasn't great. Um, very similar to vampires really, but I really enjoy an episode where the Winchesters don't get out clean at the end, either physically or emotionally. Um, cause we know, I mean, these guys aren't going to die. So anything that does have some type of potentially lasting damage to them, um, is always interesting for the story. So eight single tears out of 10. I honestly can't even remember what the werewolves looked like in this episode. Exactly. Like I can't, yeah, yeah. yeah I, have, I know they have nails. Yeah, <laughs> they have, and fangs. Yep. I think. Yeah, and blue <laughs> eyes. It's hard though, because I could, I could see this episode flopping with a 
teen wolf style <laughs> a werewolf where it just like looks terrible in a different way um so eric kripke was swore that he they would never do a werewolf episode because they wouldn't be able to pull off the effects checks out <laughs> they thought they had written away which was would work well enough but um they're in agreement that it didn't next week on supernatural we're watching season two episode 18 hollywood babylon Sam and Dean travel to Hollywood to investigate the death of an actor on a horror movie set after rumors spread that he was killed by a ghost. Guys, so this has nothing to do with the prediction, but when Asha was watching it ahead of me, I caught a scene where they were driving through Hollywood on a golf cart, I think. Uh-huh. And it was really funny. Uh-huh. So I'm going to predict they're going to drive on a golf cart through Hollywood. It's going to be really funny. <laughs> This is going to be the start of Sam actually turning evil. Um, not fully, but this is going to be his start of temptations uh, to just do uh, what he thinks is necessary. Um, so kind of like a Dean type deal. Like it's where it's not worth it to try to help people. You just, you know, people are just going to die in the end. So you think more evil characteristics and not evil actions to start? Yeah. Okay. For any questions, comments, or smart remarks, send them to naturalfriendspodcast at gmail.com. Find us on Facebook and Instagram at naturalfriendspodcast and Twitter at netfriendspod. Thank you to our fans and our wives for continued support. (laughs) If you enjoyed this, drop us a review and subscribe. Thank you for joining us. We are Natural Natural Friends. Friends. Werewolf. A werewolf. Werewolves? Werewolf. Werewolf. Werewolves. Werewolf. Werewolf. Werewolf as a werewolf. Was it a werewolf? That was a were. It was a werewolf. 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 <laughs>